It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is the Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Kelly. You're listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays to explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. I got to tell you, I've been thrown to the wolves this week. Usually Michael Barr is in this mix, but they've asked me, of all people, to try and I, I can't go head to head. I just have to sort of stand back and marvel at Rich Truman, Bloomberg Radio producer, and Damian Sassauer, Bloomberg intelligence maven. But that's not what we're talking to them about, their day jobs. We're talking fantasy football here. Uh, guys, I am in your capable hands. I know just enough to be dangerous about the world of fantasy. You guys are both highly successful at this. Rich, I'm going to start with you. Here we are. We're a couple weeks in. The NFL is happening. It's all going pretty well, except I know enough to know injuries, they were brutal across the league this past weekend. Jason, the consensus first two picks in the fantasy drafts were Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Saquon is out with a torn ACL for the year, and Christian McCaffrey is out at least a month with a high ankle sprain. Uh, there was an abundance of injuries through the, out the, through the week two, and people are speculating why. Could have been maybe because there was no preseason because of the pandemic, but never before can I recall, and I've been doing fantasy football for about 30 years, was there ever a wrath of injuries taking out superstars throughout the league. All right, so Damian, what was the buzz? When all the when all this was going down, Monday morning, I'm sure there were a lot of texts and emails flying around. Similar vibe that people just haven't seen this before? I mean, I, I think it was, it, without question, the worst uh, injury week in the history of football. But, you know, that notwithstanding, I, I prefer to focus on the positive. The NFL is back, guys, right? Yeah. So let's talk about bounce-back weeks here. I mean, Edelman, eight for 179, he didn't get the touchdown. Terry McLaurin, how about Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders? I mean, these guys all bounced back after some, I wouldn't say awful week ones, but from a fantasy perspective, you know, these guys definitely stood out to me. And then, look, I mean, there's nobody who stood out more than Calvin Ridley. I mean, let's be clear, second straight week of at least 10 targets, two touchdowns, 100 yards, and 30 fantasy football points. That's two weeks in a row. But um, so for me, yeah, I mean, those are the stories. You know, I like to stay positive here. But, you know, the injuries, I mean, forget about Parkley and McCaffrey. You've got Mostert. You've got Michael Thomas, uh, Sutton, Kittle, AJB. I mean, Galladay and Godwin may come back this week. But, uh, but yeah, that's the buzz. So, Rich, what do you do in, in this sort of situation? I mean, you, you sort of have to put in other players, obviously. But I would imagine, as you say, the top two picks, that's got to mess up your team if you've got those guys. You know, in my article this week, I write that uh, fantasy championships are normally not won in the first round. 
you need to have a deep draft. You need to scour the waiver wires. But just for example, uh, in two different leagues I, I do, um, I got Devonta Freeman, who uh, ho- I'm hoping is eventually the replacement to Saquon Barkley for the Giants. The Giants just signed him to a one-year, $3 million contract. As you know, being from Atlanta, he was a star running back for the Falcons for many years. So the Giants' schedule is going to ease up. I'm looking ahead down the line. I'm hoping that he's going to be the main running back for the Giants. And that's the kind of thing you have to you have to look at. Who can replace these running backs? In Carolina, McCaffrey's out. Mike Davis is his replacement. He was a high commodity on the waiver wire. Um, those are just two of the possibilities to replace the injured stars. Yeah, Rich, but it gets tough to replace these guys, right? I mean, when Cam Akers went down for the Rams in week one, you know, people thought it'd be Brown. Now it's Henderson, right? So he's a top waiver wire pickup. I mean, certainly Jarek McKinnon's the last man standing in San Francisco at this point, right? So he's an easy one. But yeah, no, I mean, the Giants' backfield's going to be a mess, and their offensive line isn't so great. So I hope you're right on Devontae Freeman. But, you know, certainly Mike Davis in Carolina, he's a big pickup this week for sure. All right, so Damian, let's get back to the broader picture if we can of just how different this season is. Uh, you know, obviously no fans in the stands as of yet, although we may see some soon depending on how everything goes in in the broader world. Do you feel like people are investing more sort of emotionally as it were in the fantasy world? I mean, we've certainly seen a lot of uptake on the betting side, you know, people really leaning in heavily uh, to sports right now amidst this pandemic. How's the vibe different? Uh, you know, it, 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 without having fans in the stadium, obviously, it, it, it leaves a little bit of something. Certainly that physical experience, being there in person, watching the games, you know, seeing it emerge. It's, and it's certainly impacting the players if you just, you know, hear what they're saying, right? But, you know, the real big theme for me is going to be the um, the rushing quarterbacks. I mean, just, you know, the pocket-passing quarterback is just not as exciting in today's game, right? I'm talking Brees, Stafford, yeah. Brady, Roethlisberger. I mean, you've got guys now like Dak Prescott, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, um, you know, Russ Wilson's just, they're just dominating the league now, and they're doing it with their feet. And you're Cam Newton, who had a great day against Seattle. Absolutely. A throwback again to 1950s-style football in New England. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, uh, talking about the league, there have been some really exciting games. I mean, you rightly pointed out, Rich, uh, that I am from Atlanta. And, I mean, can we just take a moment and just, like, I I can't even get my head around how they blew that game. (laughs) I know we're supposed to be talking about fantasy, but uh, that was a nightmare to watch all that unfold. Jason, the Atlanta Falcons so far in two games have given up 78 points and eight total touchdowns to the opposing quarterback. That's just in two games. 
I mean, you have to take nothing away from Greg the Leg Zerline. That onside kick was the best I've seen in four decades of watching NFL football, and it led to his game-winning second field goal of the day from 46 yards out. And a special call-out to John Sassel, the former special teams coordinator for the Rams. I mean, they worked on this years ago. I mean, that was just a, a work of art, I have to say. Yeah, but going back to the Falcons, I think you, you got to ride the train until they prove that they can stop the opponent. And again, we're talking fantasy football. Mitchell Trubinsky, I think, is a, a viable play. The Falcons need to stop the opposing quarterback before I am not going to play a quarterback against them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable to to watch, and and you do wonder, especially from a from a defense perspective. And and I've heard from a lot of family and friends over the course of this week just lamenting exactly what you were saying, uh, Rich. Just the the defense. I mean, it is it's horrific. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable to to watch. So you have to think. You know, some changes coming and maybe the shock to the system that that game was, you know, portends some changes even even in season, if not at the coaching level, you know, maybe on, on the margins here. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's it's hard for me to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, there's the other thing you have to kind of look at, right, is um you know, what teams have come in better than advertised coming into the year? And I know yeah. it's early in the season. So for me, you know, take a step back. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, you know, the yeah. Los Angeles Chargers, you know, these are teams that pretty much people didn't, you know, give much credence to going into the season. You know, people were high on Carolina, Houston, the Eagles, and the Vikings, and those teams are worse than advertised. So I think that's the big shift, at least early on here for me. Yeah, I was. Cl- I'm glad you pointed out, uh, sort of stitching a couple things together that you said, Damien. You know, the idea of what we saw from the Raiders and and what we saw or didn't see candidly from uh, Drew Brees in that game. There, there is a turning of the tide. It feels like maybe it's been coming in for a long time, but there definitely seems to be a shift at, at the quarterback position. So, if that's true, Rich. How do you how do you go the rest of the season thinking about it from a fantasy perspective? Well, it, it all depends on your scoring. But like Jason said, there's definitely a shift on the quarterbacks, the mobile quarterbacks who can run, who can make plays with their legs, like Kyla Murray is one of the top, I would say, three quarterbacks in the fantasy world this year. Um, the mobile quarterback, and that's why Cam, Jones, uh, Cam Newton is so valuable with the Patriots. Yeah. Edelman had a great game. Cam Newton's able to buy an extra second or two with his legs that Tom Brady was never able to do. And Edelman was able to get open, and he had a huge game for, I think, I believe, 179 yards receiving. The mobile quarterback is is here to stay. It's a wave of the future. And you really, on a fantasy aspect, you have to really put those players at the top of the list in, in the quarterback angle. All right, final thought from you going into this weekend, Mr. Sassauer? You know, I mean, for me, it's 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 going to be these high-scoring affairs. You see Dallas, Seattle, that's going to be, you know, the over-under on that is 56 points, Detroit, Arizona, Casey, Baltimore. But, you know, we all get super focused on fantasy and, you know, the monies that we're playing for and cash pots and all this good stuff. Can we just talk just before, for one second, you know, 
Sean Payton, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan each fined $100,000 each for not wearing their masks on the sidelines. And then the team's getting fined an additional 250000 as well. So whatever dollars we're all playing for here in fantasy, just bear that in mind that in one week the NFL doled out $1.75 million of fines for, for players not wearing their masks or coaches not wearing their masks. Sorry. I, I think we're going to see uh, coaches wearing masks next weekend. That seems to be a, a, a pretty big deterrent, right, Rich? Absolutely. you you got to learn your lesson. <laughs> All right, Rich, your final thought? I agree with Damien said before. You look at the high-scoring games, Dallas-Seattle, the over-under, as he said, is 56. Detroit-Arizona is approximately 54, 55. And on a fantasy perspective, when I go for my picks for the week, I try to get guys in those games. Uh, like C.D. Lamb had his first 100-yard game of his rookie season, Dallas wide receiver. He's going to be a viable target this game and the rest of the season. Ridley, as Jay, as uh, Damian mentioned before, with uh, Julio Jones hobbled, he's going to be a top target each week for Matt Ryan, especially with that bad Atlanta defense. So I usually try to look at the high-scoring projected games, and I base a lot of my picks uh, on that for the week. All right. You guys are so much smarter than I am on all this stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting me uh, play and insert my you know home team hometown woes into this entire conversation. Bloomberg Intelligence's Damian Sassauer, Bloomberg Radio's Rich Truman. Great to be with you. You can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm Jason Kelly. Find me on Twitter at Jason Kelly News. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio.